It's me, Dan, from Harmontown. You can hear episodes of our show and 30 others before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. The TuneIn app is a free mobile audio app available across iOS, Android, and Windows. Podcast superfans get even more from their favorite shows. For four weeks, new episodes of Harmontown will be available a full 24 hours early, exclusively on TuneIn. Podcasts will release their new episodes early, including feral audio shows like Drinky Fun Time, Dome People Town, and Natural. Butte. Tune in is also full of content like live sports, news, music, and audiobooks. Get the next episode of Harmontown right now at the TuneIn app at tunein.com slash Harmontown. PRA, Public Radio America. You're smarter already. This week on Your Welcome, we take an in-depth look at a notorious group of hacktivists. Also, we explain what a hacktivist is, since that's not necessarily common knowledge. Is it a coughing activist? You'll find out today. But no, no it's not. Also, BBC affiliate Austin Bronte joins us with a new beverage sensation that is sweeping that foreign nation. Is it as satisfying as Guinness, or as dissatisfying as Guinness? All that plus retractions today on... You're welcome! Welcome to Your Welcome, I'm Stefan-Straitman, and I'm here to say it's fun to broadcast in a public way. All across the globe, riots are springing up in response to countless injustices, from class warfare to war warfare to the senseless ongoing late-night talk show wars. Protest groups are pushing back like so many 80s movie nerds who have had enough of their bullies. At the forefront of these nerds, an elite squadron of internet warriors known only as Incognito. Free avocados for free citizens! Free avocados for free citizens! Say no way, Subway! Avocado, don't charge me! Sandwich art belongs to the people! Corporate America has trembled at the very concept of Incognito. For years, and with good reason, they're the most organized anarchists around, planning their anarchy for days, sometimes weeks beforehand, with exhaustive itineraries. We found a leaked example online. 8.15, begin anarchy. Breakfast provided by Einstein bagels. Day-old everything bagels have been deemed the most anarchic of bagels. 9.30, bathroom break. 9.45, Resume anarchy. What do we want? Free avocados on our sandwiches. When do we want them? When When it gets to the point in line where we tell them what toppings we want. Here we see Incognito gathered outside Subway's corporate headquarters in response to recent news that avocados would cost an additional 10 cents. It's just another attempt from corporate America to commoditize nature. First, avocados are deemed premium, so-called. Then it's olives, tomatoes, lettuce. Soon they'll call bread a topping. So we ask, sandwich artists or con artists? Carl, Carl, hold up. You're a little slow on your paradiddles there. No, yeah, they're almost a whole eighth note behind, man. Incognito was heavily involved in the Occupy movements throughout America. Their visibility stayed consistent to the bitter end as Occupy Wall Street began to dissipate, slowly devolving into pre-Occupy Wall Street, distract Wall Street, and finally knock on Wall Street's door and run away before they answer. Before their real-world presence in revolutionary movements, 
Incognito originated as a community on 4chan, a tentacle-based social network. Driven to substance abuse by exposure to weird pornography, the originating members started the chatroom equivalent of a support group. The name stuck forever, as did many graphic, pornographic mental images. Now driven by a sense of moral outrage, Incognito utilizes their considerable cyberspace resources to target big game. Today, it's America's most tolerated sandwich chain. Uh, we just woke up one day and our, our website was replaced by graphic, uh, high-definition genital photography in two folders, uh, six-inch and foot-long. Uh, I worry that I'm risking my privacy just by speaking with you honestly. About three minutes after this interview, we received a text message with nude photos of the subway spokesperson you just heard. Unsure of whether this was meant as a warning or a gift, we reached out to Incognito for an interview with their leader. There is no leader in Anonymous. That's the whole point. We are Legion. We are one from the many. Instead, we discovered that Incognito is a unique organization with no leadership. But, like, if you had to call somebody the leader, I mean, like, really had to, it would probably have to come down to me. I mean, I've been doing this since, like, forever. And everybody else sort of, you know, looks up to me. They're like... Oh, wow, you've been doing this since 1998? What was dial-up like? You know, that sort of thing. Um, no traditional leadership, anyway. For weeks now, Incognito's tireless efforts have drawn press attention to the subway scandal. Oh, wow, including this press attention, I guess. Wow, I just got that. Moment of clarity. Yeah, but we can't burn these sandwiches in effigy, man. They're just getting toasted. Then toast them in effigy. It's no good. They just keep smelling better and better. This is backfiring on us. Oh, these bastards are good. No pun intended with the backfire thing. Oh, oh wow, I did not even get that one. That went right over my head. Not long after the first member of Incognito reached out, we received an email allowing an interview with a second member of Incognito. Yeah, you could probably call me the leader by default. I mean, just because I added the newsletter. Uh, I actually came up with the official Incognito slogan to We never forgive. We, uh... Uh... We, we never forgive... Uh, forget? That's it, yeah, yeah. Never forgive, never forget. I really exemplify that in my leadership. Your organization has drawn the attention of every authority in the country. Government officials and Fortune 500 CEOs alike want to know. Why are you using the masks from V for Vendetta? There are way better movies out there. Yeah, and better masks, too. The problem is, bank robbers have dibs on most of them. Presidents, scary animals, all that stuff. We have to get these shipped from England, you know? That's why our first big protest was against overseas shipping charges. Corporate America scrambles to learn as much about their archenemies as possible. Here, Internet Anthropologist Professor Bob Hollis debriefs Subway's Board of Directors. Uh, and uh, acting maliciously is called for the lulls, with lulls being a, a bastardization of LOL, which is a bastardization of uh, laughing. And uh, on our next slide, uh, oh, well, that is, uh, that is apparently a nude photo of uh, me. Not sure when that was snuck in there or when that was taken. Uh, 
or by whom. See, uh, see now, this is an exceptional example of doing something for the for the lulls. I am not ill willing at that. But Incognito's numbers are growing every day, with new recruits joining by the hundreds, inspired by homegrown justice and the long-standing internet tradition of being right all the time. Though Incognito is viciously anti-authority, their sudden swell in interest has presented a need for a hierarchy. Meet Incognito Intern number 304. Also, please note, while we are adding voice modulation and filters to the other members of Incognito, uh, there is no need for a filter with the intern, because he is 15, and puberty is God's voice modulation. Yeah, I mean, when I heard about the shit going down at Subway, I thought, well, this is my chance to stick it to the man, the sandwich man. So, like, Incognito doesn't have leaders, per se, so I answer to about two dozen different guys who call themselves the shit supervisor. Uh, they, they don't start you out on the big issues at first, obviously. So, I, uh, I just sort of search for entry-level activism stuff, and I usually stop when I feel some kind of outrage. The new Daft Punk sucks, I mean... I call that maybe a four on the outrage scale, and you don't usually act until you get to a six or a seven. Oh, here we go. LinkedIn email missed the spam folder. <laughs> These bastards are going down. Since nobody uses LinkedIn, they won't really notice a denial of service attack. Googling LinkedIn staff plus nudity. Enter. The coffee was supposed to be here ten minutes ago, intern. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I tried signing the credit card receipt incognito and there was some confusion. Greedy capitalist pigs. You, you did get a receipt though, right? You know it. Who do I give it to? I'll take it. No, you know, I should really take that. I'm more of the record keeper here. I don't think we put that to a vote. Who agreed to that? Nobody. We don't have a leader. Idiot. And so, with another day of anarchy coming to a close at 10.30 p.m. sharp, the internet warriors disappear into the night, keeping a low profile until the next battle. Be warned, unjust leaders of America, the moral compass of the digital age is coming for you. I'm putting this online! Carl's gonna be so embarrassed tomorrow! <laughs> I'm Carl. Terrifying. In-depth. Noteworthy. Necessary News Your Welcome World News and PRA Public Radio America are brought to you by Mansplaining Look, where do I begin to explain mansplaining to you? I... <sighs> okay, well, look, first of all, if you really step back and look at the context, the big picture, you'll realize that, really, it's just a word given to a type of lecturing that stems from a patriarchal perspective, a self-important tone, and a complete disregard, total disregard for the opinions or experiences of the person being mansplained to. Okay? You get it, right? Mansplaining. Because men got some splaining to do. And by Mixology. Because you need your drinking problem to sound like a college major. Now, joining us from across the greatest lake of all the Great Lakes, the Atlantic Ocean, 
is BBC correspondent Austin Bronte joining us on British Skype. Top of the morrow to you, Austin. Moppity toro to you. I say, Stephen, would you like to hear a joke? Uh, ordinarily, Austin, I would say yes, because I love jokes a lot. But today we are a little short on time, so... What do you call a cross between a fellow from the north of England and a pint of twigs? I have... Literally no thoughts in my head right now. Whatever you like, they'll still bob you for a grubber in the greenhouse. <laughs> Austin, I am desperately hoping you have some semblance of news for us. Indeed, friend Stephen. If I was to ask you to name England's favorite beverage, what would you say? I would say probably, oh, I don't know, a tea and gin? Exactly wrong. Oh. Tea and gin has been replaced as England's favorite tipple. Nowadays, it's more common to see someone downing glass after glass of the brown stuff rather than sipping from a china cup. I'm talking, of course, about hard gravy. I am petrified to ask you this, but what exactly is hard gravy? It is, of course, the distilled and fortified version of everyone's favorite meat topper. You may know it as Brian Klein or Welsh Harrington, or simply a good old pint of Arnold's whimsy. So, who is drinking this Brian Klein, and where are they drinking it? An excellent question, friend Stephen. The drink was first made popular in the 1940s, when it wasn't uncommon to see rag-and-bone men selling the foul-smelling guns straight off the back of their carts, accompanied by the haunting cry of Brown! These government-funded institutions were all but gone by the mid-1980s thanks to some overly vigorous cutbacks from the conservative government of the time. Many politicians saw hard gravy as a gateway to even harder sauces, such as hard hollandaise and hard bechamel. But times have changed, thank goodness, and in the 21st century, the new generation of young people, or centennials as they're popularly known, have rediscovered the brown stuff. Once again, in pubs across the land, we hear the cry of, Pint of the G, please, governor, or freshen up my meat sauce, good chap. It's not sold from the back of the old pig-drawn carts anymore, though. We're more likely to see it sold out of the back of an electric vehicle or delivered directly to a home or workplace via the best-selling hard gravy app. The more things change, the more they stay the same. But if people are once again drinking their gravy, what are they pouring onto their meat? Soft gin, dear boy. I must try some of that. What else do you have for us this week, Austin? I see here that Prince Andrew is getting younger? That's right, Stephen. The 40-year-old prince, previously 54 years old, has been de-aging at the rate of one year per year for the past 14 years. It is believed that His Royal Highness will stop getting younger at the age of 30, when he will commence once more with the business of getting older. And to what does this remarkable man attribute these seemingly impossible age-defying feats. That's a secret the palace are closely guarding. It's rumored that the queen may have reverse-engineered her own DNA and injected it into the prince. What a remarkable lady! Yes, but, but 
and Austin, this is incredible and could have implications for the human race. I mean, this could spell the end of all degenerative diseases, all aging as we know it. Will the royals be sharing this extraordinary breakthrough with the world? I highly doubt it, Stephen. They are a private family, and what happens within the palace walls should, quite rightly, remain their business. Well, that's shocking, but perhaps not entirely believable, either. Uh, one last thing, Austin. I tell you this every single week. Uh, it's not Stephen. It is Stefan. It's a very specific, uh, perhaps uh, specific to America, pronunciation of my name. Uh, you get it wrong every week. It's hard for me not to take it personally at this point in time. Stephen, we've made it a point in Britain to never bastardize the English language. That is actually... Twice as hard to not take personally as everything I had a hard time taking personally up to that point. And if I may say so, you're the bastardization, not me. Well, Cheerio from... I don't eat Cheerios. Uh, I prefer high-brand granola concentrate. If you say so. As always, Austin Bronte from the BBC, we will have to take your word for it. Now, we here at Your Welcome World News are right so often that it takes a toll, and we are sometimes wrong as a result. So, here are this week's retractions. There is no such thing as racial tension between pit bulls and sea urchins. There is absolutely zero proof that the first forms of birth control were called Baby X, uh, it's perhaps even less likely that they were called the previously reported baby-b-gone. Uh, additionally, studies show that 7% of American children are afraid of balloon animals, not the previously reported 68%. Uh, Instagram is, in fact, legal in Bulgaria, uh, at least for now. Finally, there is no I in team, but... There is an I in the Spanish-language-derived name Timoteo. Our sincere apologies to the Timoteo's United Foundation and its president and founder, Frank Hannaford. Uh, one quick update on PRA's ongoing pledge drive. We're back down to 1.2% after several of your checks bounced. Not cool, guys. Really not cool. A reminder that all donors at the $10 level or higher receive a PRA keychain that can only hold the keys to electric cars. Please do not attempt to put any other keys on these keychains, or the small ink bomb built into them will go off, guaranteed. We are a public radio station and we really cannot afford another class action lawsuit. Thanks for listening, or at least having us on in the background while you drive. And special thanks, as always, to research assistants Eric Stolls, Madeline Wager, Jeremy Simon, and Levi Petrie, along with in-studio microphone sneeze guard Zane Grant. I'm Stefan Hyphen Straitman, saying, We're right all the time, so you don't have to be. Thank you, and you're welcome.
the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.